powered by Transistor FM. Welcome to friends, foes, and neither. Do not adjust your podcatcher settings because what you're about to hear is real. It's the Derek Duvall Show. Prepare yourself for pop culture, commentary, and interviews featuring no drama and no controversy guaranteed. And now, coming to you live to tape from the Derek Duvall Productions Bunker, it's Derek Duvall! Hello, Duvall Nation. Hello. Hi, everybody. Hello. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you. Please, please, please sit. Thank you. Hello, Duval Nation, and welcome to the Derek Duval Show. We are back with another fantastic journey into the lives of extraordinary people. Before we get into the episode, I want to say a huge thank you to my last guests, Darian Williams and Melanie Wolf of the groundbreaking child care center, Brella. They were an absolute delight, and I want to wish them nothing but the absolute best going forward in their careers. If you hadn't had a chance to check out the interview, I encourage you to do so after the conclusion of this episode. All right, folks, welcome to episode 108. Now, ask anyone who knows me personally, they know my absolute favorite guests on the show are musicians, as music is a very important part of who I am and how it helps me keep my mental health in check. So when I tell you I have a very exciting guest on the show today, you'll know I'm telling you the truth. We have on the show up-and-coming country music artist, Kate Watson. Kate is going to be talking about how she overcame bullying in school, her parents' influence on her music, her incredible run on American Idol, and we'll be talking about her new single, Remedy. Now, folks, this is one of the best interviews I have done in a long time. So let's just get Kate out here. Duval Nation, please rise to your feet and welcome, calling in today from Conroe, Texas, incredible country music star, Kate Watson. Kate, hello. Welcome to the Derek Duvall Show. How is the weather out by you today? It's pretty rainy and dreary, actually. Nice, nice. So I start my interviews off the same as all others. How has it been for you in these last couple of years to navigate the COVID-19 world? Honestly, you know, it was really bad for a lot of people, a lot of loss and everything else. And for me, it ended up jumpstarting my career. I at first was so confused because I was finally starting to get some traction with everything I was doing and then all of a sudden nothing. I can't provide for myself. I can't keep going, you know, trying to figure it all out. I was just like, what's going to happen? But I just felt something inside of me saying, this is your year. And I had no idea what that meant, but I was like, okay, you know, and so I go to Lone Star Cowboy Church in Montgomery, Texas. It's the largest cowboy church in the entire world. And I get the honor and privilege to help lead worship there every so often. And um, during COVID, that's all that I got to do whenever it came to performing, you know. And so something that I did not know was that Parker McCollum's uncle goes to my church. And so every single week, during COVID, he was sending videos of me to Parker leading worship saying, hey, this girl's a country artist. You need to meet her. We love her. You'll love her. And so Parker didn't have anything going on either. So he showed up one Sunday morning and I had absolutely no idea. 
And so I did my thing and after the service came off and I remember he walked straight up to me, stuck out his hand and he goes, hey, my name is Parker McCollum. And I was like, I'm sitting there in my head like, yeah, I know. Like, what are you doing here? (laughs) And so he said, Kate, I came here specifically to hear you. He said, there's tons of girls in Texas and Nashville and all over the world who can sing and who have talent, but you do something that can't be taught and that's making connections with people. And uh, he said, Kate, I believe in you and I think you're going to go all the way and I want to help you get there. And so for just the next couple months, he just mentored me and uh, spent hours on the phone with me and my family just talking about next steps, listening to all my music, showing me what direction I needed to go with all of it. And then he told me, he said, all right, now it's your turn to do the work. Because then COVID started, you know, ending and everything else, not ending, but we were able to get out and perform again. And he said, you have to go and grind it out. You have to play as many shows as you possibly can and everything else. And he said, and whenever you're ready, I'm going to have you open for me and I'm going to walk you into my label myself and get you signed. He said, but now's your time. Like, go. That's awesome. I've always believed my, but my grandfather said the same thing as well as if you want to be successful, surround yourself by people who are infinitely smarter than you. This is I've always believed. So, yeah. So every journey has a beginning. Where were you born? What was it like to grow up there? And I believe you are grown up the daughter of a Christian musician. Is that correct? Yes. So I actually, I was born in Beaumont, Texas. I've moved 14 times in my entire life. So, you know, for a long time, I didn't live in a town for more than five years, you know, um, some only one. I moved all around Texas. I moved to Georgia, to North Carolina, but all my family, all my roots are in Texas. I started out in a town called Kirbyville, Texas. That's where my grandparents, my cousins, all of them are. I just going through all of that, like the moving and everything was so hard because I was constantly the new kid throughout my life. And, you know, you're the easy target. It's people like to bully you, make fun of you. And I was that little chunky kid with a big head. That was me. (laughs) And um, so I also had a birthmark. Um, I still have it, but it goes all across my eye and my forehead and in my hair. And it is bright pink. And so I got made fun of for that. People told me that I was fat. They told me that I was ugly, that I was worthless, that I'd never amount to anything in my life. I mean, you name it. You know, growing up like that was extremely, extremely hard. And um, going through it all, I uh, actually, my parents, they were in a band. Whenever I was super young, they traveled all across Texas playing these different shows and church camps. You know, I got to see, because my mom plays the drums, okay, and she's kind of like Animal the Muppet. Like she rocks out and it is so much fun to watch. And then my dad, he is um, a worship leader and he also was the leader of the band, played guitar, sang and wrote songs. And he's one of the most talented songwriters that I know. He also helps write all my original songs. And he actually, for the TCMAs this year, he's winning um, Christian Country Artist of the Year. So awesome. I'm just 
so proud of both of them. But watching them when I was young, it was so inspiring because I got to see them, number one, doing something that they loved. Number two, I got to see music mean more to people than just words or notes, you know. For me, I was like seven years old watching them and it was the coolest thing ever. And I was like, which, you know, at seven, you don't know how to say all that. It was more like, my parents are rock stars and I want to be a rock star too whenever I grow up. So, of course, that's what I ended up doing. But, you know, during the hard parts of people trying to tell me who I was and all that different stuff, like, I ended up, I started to believe those people, that dream that I had when I was little, I forgot about it, you know? Life goes on. and. I ended up hitting rock bottom in my life, but luckily I have the parents that I do because they noticed and they sat me down and they were like, what are you doing? Like, you know, It was really cool because I was able to take a step back, remember the dream that I had when I was young and um, got to really figure out who I was and what I, what I stand for, you know, that I'm a masterpiece, that I'm beautifully and wonderfully made and that nobody can tell me different. And, um, at 15 years old, that's whenever I decided I wanted to use my music to be a light, to be a hope in the world and just help people in whatever way that I could. I can proudly say that I am now a rock star. (laughs) That's awesome. You know, it's in a way kind of with kindred spirits because when I Im- when I immigrated to this country uh, in 1990, you know, I-, I was, you know, really tall kid, real skinny, had a weird accent. And all the kids in Oklahoma just made fun of me, you know, oh, look at the British Aww. kid, you know. Blah, 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 blah. So, you know, you like you said, you hear it in your head and eventually you hear it enough, the brain latches onto it and you start believing it. And yep. it wasn't until I was much more older and a lot, I'd like to say wiser. It depends on who you ask. But it's basically, you know, I feel like, you know, I, I it's like that was those people didn't know anything about me. And I feel like when I was able to finally stand on my own two feet, I got to write my own story. So yep. I understand that. Yeah. All right. So that being said, obviously, 15, you want to start your own career. How many instruments do you play off the top of your head? Just one. I used to could play more when I was young. You know, I could play violin. I could play the recorder because everyone <laughs> and their mama has to learn how to play the recorder. But now I uh, know how to play the guitar. I'll bring it out in my show sometimes. But it's more like a special thing, if that makes sense. I like to give a show whenever I perform and just, like, connect with everybody i like to sometimes if i can go off the stage and get out with the crowd you know and have them sing stuff like that is so much fun but i can rock out a guitar awesome so you mentioned that your father helps you with your songwriting what is your actual process for actually crafting the words in your head to the music on your paper to be honest he does more of the songwriting than i do i am more the storyteller i'd say i give ideas and i share about life and like what i'm feeling different things that i i've gone through or whatever and then he'll just like disappear and come back out and he's like hey i got a song and i'm like holy crap like you're awesome (laughs) so um like here's an example i went on the worst date i've ever been on in my life Okay, and this song I'm about to tell you about is actually not released. It's coming out next year, but I'm going to tell you about it. So 
I went on this date with this guy. He asked me out and in the car, we're heading to like the restaurant and stuff. And he like, I'm trying to have a conversation with him and he's just staring out the window and I'm sitting there like, Hey buddy, like, I'm, I don't know what you're doing, but I'm trying to like have a conversation with you. And so he's like, Oh, I'm so sorry. I was thinking about the future and I'm sitting there like, what future this is a first date you need to chill out through that time he made some comments about babies and like birthing hips and I was just like no like I'm going home I'm done with this and this is not gonna happen ever (laughs) no and so we ended up he took me home you know I I went in my house and I just I was just like, man, like, what is wrong with this dude? You know, thinking that it's done and over. Well, he shows back up in my house the next day and he's like, hey, so I just, I really feel like we have this connection, like a love connection. And I was so mad. I slammed the door in his face. I went back in the living room where my parents were and I just started ranting and I was like, you know what? I've had enough of this. Like I'm so done with people like this and everything else. And so in the middle of me telling him about it, he just gets up and walks away. And I was like, he could have pretended to listen. you know. <laughs> and so uh, he went in his room, closed the door. And about 30 minutes later, he comes back out and he goes, Hey, I wrote a song about your date and I was like, what? And he played it. And I was like, that's a freaking rocking song. I'm so, so, so excited to release it next year. Man, I tell you what, dating has changed since I was a kid. Lord, that would have had to say something like that. So, all right. So (laughs) you are my first. Now, you remember, I've been doing this for a long time, three years now. You are the first country music artist I've had on my show. Are you serious? swear i i've had i've had actual like you know rock stars i've had folk musicians i've had rappers you name it i've never had a country music star so i want to ask in your humble opinion why do you think country music remains so popular and has such appeal to so many people i think because it's so real and sometimes with the world and the way that it is it just has a lot of things that are deceiving and not true and um, and fake. And whenever you come back to country music, you find something that's genuine and real that just brings you back to home, brings you back to your roots and who you are. And that's what I love about it. It, it keeps me grounded with everything, with everywhere that I go um, to sing country music like it just it keeps me humbled and um never lets me forget who i am awesome so i want to ask you about red lipstick and a cowboy hat by the <laughs> way a great song great title i want to throw that in as well okay thank you now with the success of that song would you consider it your calling card when you perform live is it like the song that you absolutely have to cover that night oh it is i mean the fans they wait for it I always do it last. And so everyone has to stay till the end. And so what I do is I, whenever I put on like my outfit and everything, you know, I have like a really cool top, really cool, like pants or shorts or whatever, um, a belt and some sort of boots or heels or whatever, you know? And at the end of the night, whenever it comes to red lipstick and a cowboy hat, 
I put on a cowboy hat or a hat sometimes. It just depends. And everybody, everybody gets quiet because they know what song it is and they wait for it. And I have people that, because the part in the song where it's like, oh, oh, here she goes. She got it, you know. So you can hear people in the crowd going, oh, oh, with me. And it's so much fun. Some people go their entire lives without writing an anthem. Well done. Thank so, you. <laughs> so were you shocked that the single did so well and was actually embraced by so many people? No, no, not at all. Because whenever you put something of yourself, put your story into a song, that is so powerful. And that's what I, I did with Red Lipstick and a Cowboy Hat is that is my story. That is what I went through. That's me rising above and choosing love above everything um not choosing revenge not choosing because some people mistake the words if you're not truly paying attention they may think oh well she's just trying to get revenge and get back at people but that's not the point of the song the point is i could do that if i wanted to i could do everything that those people did to me and worse but I won't because I'm going to rise above, choose love, choose light, choose life, and to set the example for everybody and say, I can be where I am. I can do what I'm doing and I can be kind with all of it. When you're getting ready to go out on stage, perform live, how do you mentally prepare yourself? <laughs> okay, so one thing I found out about myself this year um, is that I can't watch any sort of TV before a show. Like, I'm talking about the day of at any point that day. Whenever I wake up to the point of the show, I cannot watch TV. I forget lyrics if I do. Like, to like Neon Moon, and I'm sitting there going, what the? I know this song backwards and forwards. And, um... So I can't do that. I always have some sort of like hot tea or coffee. I do vocal exercises beforehand. I usually have some sort of like hot soup too or fries. Um, fries are actually really good for you before you sing because it just knocks all the gunk off your vocal cords and all of that. I think those are like the main things that I have to do. I don't like listening to music beforehand just because it starts getting in my head. And I like to be fresh and just like, you know, ready to rock it. I always do things better the first time, if that makes sense. Like, it does. I can never say something the same twice. <laughs> it's so sad. Like, my mom's like, you should like practice this before you, you know, do it. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, I need to do bullet points because if I say it, I'm going to kill it whenever I tell you. And then I will not. It will be gibberish the next time. <laughs> You know, it's funny. I've had I've had a couple of musicians on here, and when they were in their heyday, their 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 the height of their power, their fame, you asked them. They said, uh, "Do you have any like really bizarre green room, you know, requests that you had to have, like one thousand brown M and M's in a brandy glass or something like that?" And the what they would say would be like, "Yes, I had to have like my masseuse. I had to have this person and this." I'm just sitting there like, "Wow, I could, I I pity the uh, the people who put this show on." So yeah. All right, so I want to move on to 2019, which was a big year for you. Contested on American Idol. What do you remember <laughs> most on performing on the show? 
I remember Lionel Richie standing up out of his chair and giving me a standing ovation for singing his song. And I'm telling you, that was one of the craziest things because I had to watch pretty much every person go before me in Hollywood week. There were some people that chose to sing his song and he told them to like not ever sing his song again and to get off the stage. And I'm watching this going, oh, shoot, you know, because I already knew that I was going to sing his song. Hello. And I was like, oh, oh no. Yeah. I love, love, love that song. And um, I was just like, oh no, this could be so bad. And so I finally, they send me backstage. I'm getting ready. And what they did was they'd line us up in, in front of a camera and they'd give you five seconds. How do you feel? And then you quickly say something. They shove a mic in your face and you're on stage and you go. And I remember I like knew what I was going to say. I was ready. I was like, okay, this is going to be great. This is going to be great. Well, the camera guy accidentally made a dirty joke as I was supposed to say something. And I just like, the wind just got knocked out of me. And I was like, are you serious? And I was laughing so hard. And I mean, everybody was laughing and Oh, then they shove a mic in my face while I'm laughing. The entire place hears it. And um, and then they shove me on stage. I'm like, okay, all right. And so I took the opportunity to just bust out some dance moves. And Katy Perry was like, okay, I'm digging that. And she started dancing with me. And uh, so then I made my way to the middle of the stage. And Lionel asked me, what song are you going to sing? And I said, I'm going to sing your song, Hello. And he said, this could either be really bad for you or really good for <laughs> you. And I was like, well, let's go big or go home. Which on the inside, I'm shaking like, oh, dear Lord. And then, like, I just said it so confidently. I was like, yes, okay, good. It came out right. And then as I go to sing, I am not going to lie to you. Like, it was almost like I blacked out, like, I don't remember anything of what I sang or what I did. Like, I, I don't remember any of it. I just remember, like, coming to whenever I look out and I see him stand up out of his chair and start clapping, smiling, and, like, giving me this thumbs up. And I'm just like, what just happened? <laughs> That's awesome. I, uh, Lionel Richie comes through here, uh, on the regular, he does the casino tour, uh, casino circuit. Oh, and I have cool. a friend of mine who's a hardcore Lionel Richie fan. And he got it. Well, last time he was here, he went to this, you know, the merchandise stand and he got a mug that says, hello, is it tea you are looking for? And it's a, I was like, that's perfect. Buy that. I love keep that. It forever. <laughs> I need that mug. So, <laughs> you, I'm sure you can find it on eBay. <laughs> so what were the judges like to be around? Were they really cool? They were. Um, poor Katie. She was sick whenever we had Hollywood week. So she was like coughing, sneezing, had tissues by her. I mean, she was having a rough time, but they were still so lively and just, you know, it was a bunch of fun and like scary, you know, because these people have made it. They've right. already done it. And we're all just nobodies at that point, you know, so it's very nerve wracking, but they were cool. What do you feel was the most important lesson you took away from your time on the show? Ooh, I think being confident in myself because I had a really hard time. I had just turned 18 
And, you know, being around some of the most talented people in the entire world, whenever I'm just starting out in my brand and everything else, you know, I mean, it shook me to my core to be around these seasoned professionals who've been doing it for a long time. Um, And so I really just had to be confident in me and my talent and my gift and what I knew I was supposed to do. And, um, so I'd say that was the most important thing that I got from that. Okay. Devon nation. We're going to go ahead and take a small break right here, but we'll be right back with the conclusion of this interview with Kate Watson. May I suggest you take this time to refresh that drink and take some super long, deep breaths, you know, Cluzo style. Out with the bad air, in with the good. Out with the bad air, in with the good. Give a couple friends of the show your attention, and we will be right back. Looking for a new podcast? Check out the Infectious Groove podcast. My name is Russ, and I host the show along with Michelle and Kyle. Every Monday, the three of us bring you music news and tell you our jammy jams, so you'll always have new music to check out. The Infectious Groove podcast discusses music from nearly every decade and genre while openly displaying our passion for music you need to hear. On top of that, we have a thought-provoking main topic of discussion every week to get you thinking, discussing, and sharing music. We also include interviews with the music stars of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and all major podcast platforms. Subscribe and listen to the Infectious Groove podcast on your favorite podcast platform today. Duval Nation, Derek and Mindy Duval here to talk about Jerky Pro, the standard in premium beef jerky products. The Derek Duvall Show and Derek and Mindy's Fun With Movies is proud to be sponsored by the team at Jerky Pro. As a veteran, I am always the first to support veteran-owned businesses. Setting up shop in 1987 and founded by military and paramilitary veterans, they have set the bar for how beef jerky is processed, flavored, packaged, and sold. With strict quality control standards, Jerky Pro offers many flavors that are sure to please any beef jerky connoisseur. From the standard original flavor to honey glazed, peppered, teriyaki, sweet barbecue, or if you're brave enough, the fierce red hot, there are many flavors guaranteed to entice your palate. Offered in various sized packaging, use promo code DUBALL37, all in capital letters, at checkout to receive a 5% discount. Remember folks, if your beef jerky is not making your mouth water, then it's not Jerky Pro Beef Jerky. Jerky Pro, the standard in premium beef jerky products. Hey, this is Patrick Baker, and you are listening to The Derek Duvall Show. Check out my new single, Sorrow, available on all major streaming platforms. And you can check my site out at patrickbakermusic.com. Don't leave my upper Teachers, do you ever have these feelings or have been told these things? Do you want Kleenex for your classroom? Maybe you should think about buying your own, with your own money. You get the summer off, you can have a second job. Do you really need a pay raise? Oh, do you need to use the restroom? Maybe you can do that in the three minutes while students are changing classes. Boy, sure hope your room doesn't descend into Lord of the Flies in that time. Oh, things are going pretty good for one. Surprise! 
budget cuts. Well, you're in luck because we've got a book just for you. Hi, everyone. It's Katie Kinder, educator, speaker, and author of Untold Teaching Truths. I invite you to purchase my book and join this journey as we talk about the wild world of public education. Part memoir, part strategy. It is available on BookBaby, Amazon, or wherever books are sold. Teach on Warriors. We've got this. Hi, I'm Dietrich. I'm Alex. And I'm Ben. We're from the podcast That Song From That Movie, the journey through the very best and worst of movie songs. We want you to join us on our voyage across the cinematic sound waves as we take a deep dive on a new song and movie each week to figure out just what makes them tick. Already we've set sail with Celine Dion on the Titanic, found a friend in Toy Story, and gotten drenched out in the rain with Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Hopefully each breakdown allows us to answer the ultimate question of what's better, the movie or the song. Or at least learn something new along the way. Just like learning that Toy Story 4 is a meaningless cash grab without a soul. You can subscribe right now on all good podcast platforms. If you use one of the bad ones, then that's on you, and we can't be held responsible. Subscribe to that song from that movie. Hi, it's Michelle Fabre, and you can hear my new single, Last Chance for Love, on Spotify, Apple Music, and all other streaming platforms. Last chance for love, last chance for love, can we make it? Just tell me so. Hello everyone, this is Janae Sergio, life coach, combat veteran, and best-selling author. I invite you to purchase my new book, Perfectly Flawed, a veteran's journey from homeless to hero. In these pages, you will learn about the lowest struggles of my life to the absolute triumphs that have made me the strong woman I am today. Follow along as I talk about homelessness, my naval role in Operation Enduring Freedom, navigating insurmountable odds, and how I dealt with and overcame them. You can find Perfectly Flawed on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or wherever books are sold. Welcome back to episode 108 of the Derek Duvall Show. Let's get right back to it with the conclusion of our interview with country music star Kate Watson. All right, let's talk about your new single, Remedy. I got to hear it. It's very, very good. And I'm not just saying that because you're on the show. It actually is very, very good. (laughs) So what was the driving inspiration behind this track? Okay, so this one was written about just the loss of, you know, like we've all experienced in our life, right, where we lost something that was super important to us, something that got us through the storms of life, something that just made us happy, you know, whether that's a family member, whether that's a pet, which they're a lot like family. Um, and Maybe it's an object, something you hold close to you, but then it's gone. And that thing that you had in your life that brought you joy, that brought you happiness and just reminded you of the good times, it's not there anymore. And that feeling, it it just, it leaves a hole inside of you and haunts you. And Everyone has experienced that in some way in their life. And so that song is just for everybody to have that to relate to, to be like, man, like I've been through this, you know, the music video comes out November 2nd. 
And what we did with it was we wanted to tell the story of all the heroes, uh, veterans who lost their lives in active service to honor the widows, the families uh, who've lost somebody. And so it's about a newly couple who got married. They moved into a house, created memories, and then the husband gets sent off into the army and um, ends up dying. And basically she's having to relive all the happy memories and but be there by herself. I really just wanted it to be able to honor them and tell their stories. Okay, we are going to go ahead and listen to Kate's new single, Duval Nation, crank the volume up and enjoy Remedy.
I saw some pictures on your social media of you filming the, the music video. I believe you borrowed your mother's wedding dress. Did I read that right? Yes, that was absolutely insane. My grandma, she was there too. She took the pictures that you'll see in the music video and all of that. So she and then my mom, they both teared up whenever I walked out in that wedding dress because me and my mom look a lot alike. Then the other thing is the guy in the music video He's actually my boyfriend, and so uh, he saw me walk out in the wedding dress and about had a heart attack, so that was pretty awesome. <laughs> you be careful, man. It happened to Winona Ryder and Keanu Reeves. They got married by accident while they were filming a movie, so. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I would be so, so happy. I'd love that. <laughs> All right. So that being said, you obviously think, how long did it take you to create the video? It took a full entire day. We started at about 9 a.m. with hair and makeup and setting everything up. And we didn't finish until I think about 3 or 4 a.m. Wow. It was crazy. Yeah, it was a long, long day. And my hair, it had to be done like curled with heat and everything like five bazillion times. And by the end of the day, I look like someone lit my hair on fire. <laughs> It's crazy. It was intense. So I ask all of my musician guests who come on the show this next question, and I hope it's okay. What are your opinions on streaming services currently? Hmm. I don't really have one, to be honest, as of right now, because I'm finally to the point where I'm like, releasing as much music as I can. I wasn't able to do that before because I was just doing it off of my own money. I worked five different jobs to make it possible. And the studio is expensive yes. um, to do a song and everything else. And so I had an investor join on. We did a six song EP um, and I'm already working on the next six song EP. And so I finally, I've released two of the first six. Um, so I'm just really starting out in experience it, feeling it out, seeing what I think about it. But as of right now, I don't really have a true opinion on it. Fair enough. All right, so let's move on then. Who would be, if you would just reach out in the sky right now and grab somebody, who would be your dream collaborator? Oh, okay. I have three. Is that okay? Three is fine. Okay, Go Cody ahead. Johnson, Parker McCollum, and Carrie Underwood. Dream Carrie team. Underwood. She was here in she was here in Tulsa what yesterday. Yep. So yep. Yeah, she she's, uh, awesome. she's she's a regular around here. We 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 see her every now and again. So yeah. All right. So you have a considerable social media presence. No question about that. How hard is it for you to keep up with all your many social channels? Uh, now I have a social media manager, so that helps a lot. They do the tedious work of posting and like all that different stuff. So, you know, we get to be creative. We get to have fun with it and filming videos and all that different stuff. And I get to, you know, like do the fun parts. And uh, right. <laughs> it's definitely it's hard because social media is a full time job. I mean, it's not 
easy, you know, whenever I'm playing uh, 10 to 12 shows a month, you know, and then I'm also having to film all this stuff and it's a lot um, to just be crazy all the time, you know. It takes a lot out of you for sure. I know once I finish my shows on the weekend and have done all the social media stuff I got to do, like Monday I come back and I am dead to the world. Like I, I've had people like, hey, let's go hang out. And I'm like, no, I'm going to be in a dark room by myself and talk to nobody. <laughs> so it's a lot, um, but I definitely have to have like time to myself, downtime where I can just chill out in my PJs and not worry about nothing. Awesome. I get it. Trust me. I do this five days a week and it's, it could be a little overwhelming sometimes. So, all right. So with the imminent release of Remedy, what does the future look like for Kate? So like I said, I'm in the process of releasing my six song EP. I believe November, December, we're going to take a break from releasing that stuff. I'll be putting like content on YouTube and stuff like that. Um, but then we'll start back up with releasing the rest of the six um, in January, February and March. Um, then I have another six song EP that'll be on the way starting in uh, April, I believe, or May. And so I just have a lot of new music that I'm just so excited to share with everybody. I am touring. I'm playing as many shows as I possibly can um, and just building the fans, building uh, all of it. And um, I just got some new band members and I'm so, so, so excited to introduce them to everybody. I have some new merch I got. I got it all going on, and um, I just can't be more excited and happy to share it with everybody. I tell every musician who comes on my show, it's a well-known fact in the music industry. You never made it in the business until you play Kane's Ballroom here in Tulsa. You play that, you've made it in the business. Okay, well then so, sign me up. I will be there. There you, there you go. All right, so I always like to ask one fun question if we start to wind this down. When you aren't performing, writing, playing music, whatever it is you do, what do you do for fun? What sort of are you into any shows? How do you unwind? I love to go play basketball. That's my favorite way to unwind. I used to show up uh, in my old neighborhood. Uh, they had tournaments and they didn't know who I was. You know, I just show up, which I was the only girl that would go. I'd go and I'd at first, you know, they're like, oh, a girl, like, I don't think she's going to be any good, you know? And I used to play uh, when I was younger, like in, you know, teams and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And so I would basically be like, oh, like, can I please be on your team? You know, like play the blonde girl. And then they're like, oh, I guess, you know? And so then I totally just annihilate them and cross them up and then they're like holy crap we all want her on our team i'm like that's <laughs> right um i love getting to do that um i love going to play like tennis volleyball any sort of sport is so much fun um uh, i love to just jam out with my family um, we're all musical so it makes it you know even more fun because you have my mom on the gym bay you have my dad on guitar and we're all just singing and having a good time my brother can rap so there's that love listening to him rap <laughs> um and then i say like anything involving family involving friends like just having a moment where 
I'm not Kate Watson music. Like I'm just, I'm just a regular person like everybody else. Um, you know, cause there's definitely a difference between show Kate and, uh, Kate in the grocery store, you know, it's just, I don't know, getting to do that and make sure that I have that time to just chill, you know, every single person who listens to my show, when you're talking about you playing basketball, is going to say one word and it's unanimously, they're going to say Prince because I don't know if you know about this or not. Prince was one of the greatest basketball players for five foot four that you could ever imagine. There are stories. You can go on YouTube and look them up. There are stories of Prince playing basketball and schooling all these six foot five jocks <laughs> and stuff like that. He could play. He was, he was an amazing, it's Prince. He's one of the greatest of all time, but still it's That's uh, true. You should watch it. If you go on to YouTube, I'm sure you can find any video about it. But yeah, Prince was an amazing basketball player. Okay. So, I, I actually right. did not know that. So that's exciting. Yeah. All right. So as we wind down this interview, what would be the best way for my listeners to follow your adventures online? So you all can go to my website, thekatewatson.com to see all my upcoming tour dates and to see my merch and everything else. And then all of my social media, you can find me at Kate Watson Music um, on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, Snapchat. I got it all, y'all. So please go follow me. And um, yeah, I'd love to also meet y'all at shows. So y'all come on out. All right, Kate. I am my interviews with my favorite question. And the question is this. If the entire planet was listening to this broadcast, what would be the one thing you'd want to say to the people of Earth? Know who you are and know what you stand for because that's going to make the hard decisions a lot easier and just love people. Awesome. Kate, congratulations on your success. I know you're just starting out still, but you're, you've are you got a great future ahead of you. And I know my listeners join me in wishing you nothing but the best of luck for your career. Well, thank you so, so much. And I've so enjoyed being on here. And just like that, Duval Nation, we come to the end of episode 108. I want to thank Kate for taking the time to come on the show today. As you could gather from the interview, she is a very talented young woman with a very mature head on her shoulders. And I know we are going to be seeing her in the CMAs in no time at all. I also want to say thank you to May from Kate's team for putting the two of us together. Tune in again next time as we showcase another extraordinary person. I have a really good one coming up in a few days, so be sure to keep checking your favorite podcast streaming channel for that episode to drop. Okay, folks, a few housekeeping items before we close out today. Have you had a chance to check out our store on TeePublic? We have everything from magnets, stickers, and mugs. Plus, we have a carefully curated collection of t-shirts put together by myself and Mrs. Duvall. With the Christmas season upon us, be sure to go to our website, DerekDuvallShow.com. Look on the banner on the left that says Merch. Click that, and you'll be taken to our store on TeePublic. And we want to thank TeePublic for always being such great partners with us. On behalf of the entire team here at The Dark Duvall Show, I want to say to each and every one of you listening, please do your part to help those less fortunate than yourself this holiday season. The pandemic ruined a lot of lives financially, so good people are struggling. Please help however you can during the season of giving. No star, God bless, and see you next time, Planet Earth. 
This has been a recording of The Derek Duvall Show, and we thank you for listening. Please go to our website, DerekDuvallShow.com, for links to merchandise and to explore past episodes. Please find us on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Derek Duvall Show.